Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. Do you know what has made communication so much easier in the past few years? Video calls. Not that they didn't exist before, they did, but we took something we used sporadically in our personal lives and almost overnight transformed it into something we use daily in our personal and professional lives. We went from FaceTiming and Skyping to using Zoom and everyone did it at the same time. About two, three years ago, lots of people hosted birthday parties and happy hours via Zoom. School and work for a lot of us was 100% remote and all interactions with other people were happening virtually since we were all stuck at home. Some even attended church mass and weddings via video call when we couldn't be together in person. Today, the world has mostly come back to normal, but Zoom has stayed a part of our daily life. It has become very normal to take a class, a job interview, or a work meeting on Zoom. In this episode, I'd like to go through a typical video call with you and maybe list out some do's and don'ts and practice some common English video call phrases. I should also mention that there is a difference between a Zoom meeting and a webinar. Meetings are usually rather small. Participants and the hosts usually know each other, and those participants are usually encouraged to speak, add something to the meeting, or share their screen, so the call could be very interactive. Webinars are meant for really large audiences that don't actively participate, which is why I'm now calling them an audience and not participants. A webinar audience can view and listen, but the most they can add to the meeting is maybe using the comment section as part of the Q&A or question and answer segment. So maybe you'd have a meeting for a class or a work meeting with your team, but a webinar would be used for a bigger event. About two weeks ago, I attended a Zoom meeting that should have been a webinar. This meeting was meant for English teachers, and it was about the use of AI and ChatGPT in preparation for lessons. So, the topic was very intriguing, and I was very interested to hear what the host had to say. Unfortunately, people kept forgetting to mute their microphones, and it was really distracting. Not only was it distracting because everyone could hear random sounds or random talking, but the host would have to stop mid-sentence 
to remind everyone to mute themselves. Had this been a webinar, there wouldn't be an option for the audience to speak. I do understand that on some calls, the host may want the option for participation, but if you have more than 50 people on a call, it's just easier to have everyone type their questions or comments on the side. What's great about both calls is that you can record them and later send a link to anyone who missed the call or anyone who wants to review their notes from the call. Okay, so let's say you're getting on a Zoom call right now. The first thing I always do is check my microphone and camera settings. You can usually choose to join the call with or without your camera on before you jump on, but you don't always get that same option for your microphone. If you're leading the meeting, you probably wouldn't want to be on mute at the start so that you can greet your guests as they join. And as the meeting starts, remember to mute yourself when others are speaking. No one wants to hear your dog barking or your baby crying while we're trying to learn something. And when it comes to your camera, although most of us would say we don't care if others' cameras are on or off, it is a little bit rude to always have your camera off. It's not a big deal, but it feels better to see people listening when you speak and see them looking back at you rather than speaking to little black rectangles. When you're in a smaller meeting, but not everyone has joined yet, you would politely say, Do we have everyone? Oh, Mary is not here yet. Okay, we'll give her another minute or two and then we'll get started. Another thing to remember for these types of meetings is that being concise is important, meaning just get right to the point, be brief, and don't waste people's time. Aside from the meeting for English teachers I mentioned earlier, I also recently attended a Zoom meeting for advanced Excel classes. My day job revolves around financial analysis, so I use Excel every day and sometimes look for tips on how to get better at it. Anyway, both the Excel class and the English teacher class took 20 minutes to really get going. Both hosts took way too long to get started. We don't need to go around and ask every person, Hi, how are you? What are you here for? For a big chunk of the class. I'm here for a reason. I want to learn something. Let's get going. An ideal start for me sounds like this. Hi all, thanks for joining. What I'm hoping to accomplish at this meeting is X, Y, and Z. Then you go into what the meeting is about. This reminds me, typing up an agenda in the calendar invite is also helpful. 
Knowing what the meeting is about or what will be covered in the meeting ahead of time will help others prepare. They'll have a general understanding of how important the meeting is and be ready with questions or suggestions. In both calls I mentioned, the classes ended up running over their allotted time because the hosts couldn't get through the material in time. If you're on a call with people in different companies, towns, or countries, it could also mean that people are in different time zones. It may be your 6 p.m., your end of day, but it may be my 12 p.m., and I have plenty of other things to do in the middle of the day, so respect people's time. When we're on a work call, we may find ourselves sharing our screen with other participants. Sometimes we share screens to show a visual or explain something we're talking about, like, hey, this is what I'm seeing in my file. Are you seeing the same thing? We can also share our screen to show a presentation and maybe lead that presentation. There are a few things to keep in mind when sharing your screen on a call. First, you can usually choose to share your entire screen or choose to share a specific file you have open. If you know you'll only be sharing one file, I suggest only choosing that file to share. If you choose to share your entire screen, you may accidentally be sharing more than you intend to. For example, someone I work with has a Mac computer. This person connects his phone with his computer. So guess what I was able to see when he shared his screen in a meeting? I saw his personal text messages pop up on the screen. I actually think it was a family group text so it wouldn't stop because apparently there was a long conversation going on. We often say, can everyone see my screen? But I think the more important question is, do you see the screen or file that I intended to share? If you use more than one screen, you could have accidentally shared the wrong one or the wrong file. Second, don't forget that you're sharing. Sometimes we share our screen long enough that we forget that others can see everything we see. I was once on a call where the person forgot to hit the stop sharing button and pulled up a game of chess at the meeting. Awkward. And the third piece of advice I have for you is to have quick access to the files you want to share. So, whether it's a saved bookmark on your browser or an already open file on your computer, try to come ready so that you don't have to take up time or scramble to find your documents. To be completely sure people don't see my email inbox or personal files, I just make sure to close out of everything I have open before I join a meeting. I found it's a good habit to have. Oh, and one more thing about sharing screens. If you're doing it with a partner, 
make sure to go over not only who will present which slides in your deck, but also who will be the one sharing. We usually say, do you want to drive or do you want me to drive? I know it's not a car, but there's only one person who can have their hand on the mouse or the keyboard, switch slides, and move the meeting along. If you have to leave the meeting early or jump off early, you'd either say to the group or type up a quick message that says, I have to jump to my next meeting, but I'll see you all later this afternoon. Towards the end of the meeting, and especially if you haven't asked this yet, make sure to open up the floor for feedback. In my company, people usually say, any questions, comments, or concerns before we end the call? If the host feels like the meeting can end before the scheduled end time, that person typically says, I'll give you all a few minutes back on your calendars. The phrase is probably starting to get a little overused, but it's a nice way of saying we can end a little early. All video calls and all podcast episodes must come to an end eventually. My last words of wisdom for you are, don't schedule a meeting for something that could easily just be an email. That is all I have for today. Thank you for listening, and as always, feel free to reach out to me with any questions, comments, or concerns via email at viola at naturaleangielski.com. Until next time.